Hello and welcome to Unfiltered, a podcast by NVPC where we have unfiltered conversations with our guests and unpack stories from the philanthropic sector. I'm Made. And I'm Grace. Hey, hey, so what's been good, Madia? Well, you know what? I'm super happy because my youngest cat, right? She just turned <laughs> one recently. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah. What's your cat's name? Uh, her name is Bella. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's Bella Donna, sometimes it's Bella Trixler Strange. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, de- it depends on what's her behavior on that her day. Mood. Yeah. So, what about you? What's good? I came across this TikTok channel earlier uh-huh. today and it introduced Pokemon ecology. So did you know, <laughs> okay, right? Can you explain? <laughs> like, like Bulbasaur is both animal and also plant. Really? Yeah. Because okay. like the body is an animal. Yeah. It's like a frog. And then uh-huh. the top is like a plant. <laughs> and then it was explaining like the different levels of like evolution and then uh-huh. the food chain uh-huh. between like different Pokemon. Yeah. And, what, and, and and what's the account called? It's called Just Keep Thinking. Okay. So on that note, for today's topic, we're going to be talking about how we can coexist with and respect wildlife in Singapore. Awesome. Okay, let's go. Welcome Anbu and MJ to this episode. Hi. Hello. Hi. hi. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you. Today we have two guests. We have Anbu, who is the co-CEO of ACAS. ACAS is an animal protection non-profit organization in Singapore. Awesome. And we have MJ, also known as BioGirl MJ, who is the <laughs> co-founder and host of Just Keep Thinking, which is a science channel that spreads knowledge about science and wildlife. Awesome. So, before we get to you, I just want to find out more from Ambu. Can you tell us more about uh, ACUS and what it stands for and what it does actually? ACUS stands for Animal Concerns Research and Education Society. Mm -hmm. So, we are a local charity Mm organisation. Basically, what we do is speak up for the animals. We give animals ah, a voice. Okay. So we do this through rescue work, uh-huh. which is 24-hour wildlife rescue and rehabilitation work. Uh-huh. And we take care of the animals who are rescued. And also we do education programs mm. to from very young to all the way to university level and adults as well. Mm. And we investigate into tip-offs related to animal crime cases. Really? Ooh. Yes, we do. So we have animal crime investigation oh my God, unit. and animal PI. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Cool. And uh, what about you, MJ? Can you tell us more about yourself and what you do? We want to know everything about you. Yeah. <laughs> so my name is MJ. Uh, I'm the co-founder of a science and nature channel called Just Keep Thinking. Mm-hmm. So here at Just Keep Thinking, we create videos to be posted on all social media platforms. And we try to share knowledge in a bite-sized and light-hearted manner. Mm-hmm. And we just want to spread knowledge with everyone, share about you know the world around them. How did you end up starting this channel? Like, what inspired it? I was actually a science teacher and oh. I started channel while having a full-time job. So mm. um, it was when I met my co-founder and he's very much into videography. Mm. And I really love to share about nature. Like, my mm. friends get annoyed by me all the time because I'll be like, look at the dragonfly, look at the bird. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he was filming me one day and then I was just sharing about, you know, dead coral. Look at mm. this dead coral, you know, you measure this, you get to know its, you know, lifespan. And then he captured it on film and then he realised, hey, that is very interesting the way you present, you know, let's uh-huh. start something together. Oh, it's a side okay. project, yeah. And I've always wanted to do something regarding science communication because I yeah. feel like it's lacking in mm. Singapore. Mm. Yeah. And so far, it's been really great. Yeah. Oh. Cool. What about you, Anbu? How did you end up working in Acres? I was studying at a university here in US mm-hmm. and I came across this illegally kept star tortoise, Indian star tortoise, walking uh-huh. around in a condo. Oh. And I was so upset. I was like, uh-huh. this is a very endangered species from India and what is this animal doing here? Mm-hmm. So that's when I first learned about the illegal wildlife trade issue. Uh-huh. And there was no hotline then to call other than Acres' hotline, okay. which was 24 hours. So I called, I spoke to our founder, Lewis. Mm-hmm. 
and I learned about the work that Acres does. So I was volunteering when I was studying, and soon after graduation, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Oh. Wow! <laughs> so, so your journey started as a volunteer, and now you're like. Yes. You know, running the show. It's been right. 16 years since then. Yeah, <laughs> wow. so, yes. And the passion is still there. That's amazing. Definitely. It's a yeah. really wonderful team of staff and also volunteers like MJ here. <laughs> Speaking of that, like, how did you guys meet? I think we kind of knew each other online first. Mm. I mean, I've been following Acres for a really long time and mm. they are one of the greatest people that I've known. And I think we finally met in person through one of the events that is not related to any of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we connected from there and then I get to visit the Acres compound yeah. and get to experience how it's like there and I helped to volunteer for that session. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I that's how we met yes. <laughs> after today. We are also fans of MJ's work so mm-hmm. like let's let's ask her if she can help us with this coexistence series, oh, yeah. right? Oh. Yes. So like can we ask MJ if she can do one episode on mm-hmm. One of the animals of her choice. Mm-hmm. Ah. So we were like sneakily writing in and asking, "Can you help us?" And then she said, "Yes, of course." Uh-huh. What was the episode about? It was otters. Yes, Yay! on otters in Singapore. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned coexisting, right? For our listeners' sake, what does it mean to coexist with wildlife in Singapore? So we have human neighbors and we have the wild neighbors. So we mm. call it our wild neighbors, which stands for own, O-W-N, own. Mm. We learn how to uh, live alongside our human neighbours. There can be some inconveniences. There are neighbours you like, there are neighbours that you don't want to talk to. <laughs> you know, people are different. Just like that with wildlife as well, we share the green spaces with them. Mm-hmm. There are wild neighbours that we may not like. There are wild neighbours that are favourites, you know, cute. So it's just to learn how can we share the space, mm-hmm. even if there are inconveniences. Mm-hmm. How can we learn to just coexist in the same space? Mm. It doesn't mean that we have to love every single animal. Mm. If we can reach a point where we learn what to do, what not to do when we come across them mm. and how to avoid any, minimize any inconveniences, I think we have already achieved coexistence. That would be really awesome already. Mm. I agree very much with Ambu. Mm. I think it's not about you have to be passionate about animals and love them and want to protect them from everything. But it's more like a mindset shift. So, you know, if you see a macaque nearby, if you see an otter running nearby, mm-hmm. instead of thinking, you know, oh my god, they're annoying, I should go and report. Can they think in another way, in a more positive manner? Like, mm-hmm. okay, these are our neighbours. Coming here, they're just foraging for food. They're just basically living their lives. Mm. Because animals are not doing that intentionally. And then yeah. I think it's something that citizens don't really get. Yeah. They're just trying to live their lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's just them, like, right? Yeah, it's just they're who like, they are. They're yeah. annoying, they're eating my koi fish. <laughs> I mean, you, you're a hungry predator. You see, you know, a pond full of like yummy fishes yeah. all together. Yeah. It's bright, <laughs> shiny at you. Why wouldn't you eat it, right? Yeah. So That's true. To have that understanding that the animals are not exactly wanting to make you angry. Mm. They are just being themselves. themselves yeah. They have a, this wild side to them. Mm. Yeah, so just to have that mindset and yeah. to learn to live in harmony with nature mm. and yeah. wildlife. So that's coexistence for me. Mm. Mm. Um, but do you have any interesting statistics or trends that you can share with us. Yeah. So our 24 hotline sees a number of calls. It's a really hotline. Uh-huh. We handle about 60 to 70 calls a day. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, that's a lot. It is crazy, yes. Yeah. It is. So we rescue about 10 animals, wild uh-huh. animals a day. Oh, okay. So Ten. with one... Okay, what is the most common animals? 
Uh, the most picked up animal would be birds because people often come across them up close. Mm. Uh, huh, next would be snakes and monitor lizards, reptiles. Mm. For those cases, we are not really rescuing the animals. Usually, it's rescuing people because, <laughs> they, are, <laughs> because they are calling us uh-huh. out of fear. Uh-huh. And also, unlike a bird who is injured on the ground, they are willing to take uh-huh. and put in a box. We will not ask people to do that for a snake or a mm. monitor lizard. Requires that no is training. True. That is true. Yeah. Mm. We have seen an increase in the number of calls since the COVID times, mm. uh, which is really interesting because it is not to show that there's been increased number of animal encounters, but I think it's a lot of awareness. A lot of people, mm. uh, particularly youngsters, they are very aware of hotline to call. They are mm. aware of what to do, what not to do and when to call. For help, mm. so before COVID, it was like seven hundred, eight hundred calls a month, okay. and after which it was thousand eight hundred calls a month. Oh. Wow. Okay, what about in February? Like, how many calls did you receive in that month um, alone? This February, it was slightly lesser. Mm-hmm. It was 1,400 calls. That's still, still a lot. Still a lot. Still a lot. Are your hotlines managed by volunteers or staff? Uh, both staff and volunteers. So wow. um, it's quite crazy. But again, to us, we see it as 1,400 opportunities to raise awareness. Mm. Because these are people who care about animals who call us, right? Of course, there's a proportion of people who call us to, yeah. can you just get rid of this animal? But <laughs> the majority who are calling us, like, can you help this mm. animal? So uh. that provides us an opportunity to educate, to engage also our callers. Yeah. And when people call to say, like, can you get rid of this animal? Do you try to explain to them and get rid but yeah, we're not, we're careful? Not getting rid, yeah. <laughs> so we turn on our Zen mode uh-huh. and then <laughs> these are the people <laughs> that we need to talk to um, because these are the people that we need to engage and uh-huh. explain to them, educate. And hopefully next time when they see bats roosting on a tree outside mm. their home, they don't need to call us. Mm. Ah, yeah. okay. Then what about you, MJ? Like you mentioned earlier just now that there wasn't really much content, especially within the social media space. So what's some of the more interesting reaction that you've gotten when you launch your channel? I think when people think about educational content, they immediately start to think about documentaries. Yeah. Very, very long, lengthy content, mm. um, Net Joe style. So they don't really consider, you know, social media as something educational. Mm. In order to to really spread awareness on certain issues such as climate change mm. and sustainability and natural biodiversity. So there must be a way to reach out to the mass audience and mm. they are not the ones that will actively search for education mm. content online mm. because they are not interested in it to begin with. Yeah, so that is why we started the channel and I think it was really heartwarming because we didn't expect to reach out to different people from all age range, from all walks of life, mm. you know, mm. all the way from young kids to parents to educators and to even old uncles and aunties, <laughs> which was very cute. Yeah, yeah. I was at East Coast Park one day, and this very old uncle, like he was cycling, and he stopped me, he's like, uh-huh. "Bye, you girl, MJ. Oh. I watch your video. Very good." Then I was like, "Oh, wow. uncle, where you watch it from?" Then I was, you know, expecting YouTube, right? Because YouTube is like the longest running yeah, video yeah. platform. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, I watch on TikTok." I was like, "Huh, uncle, you watch TikTok, ah?" Then what else you watching? Ah, but then, oh God, that's <laughs> besides the point, right? Like, I'm sure you didn't search for my content, but my content managed to reach yeah, me, which yeah, was pretty wow. amazing because I did not expect that. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. a lot of younger children. I, um, I did not expect my content to reach really young children as mm. well. I would think like, you know, like Gen Z. Mm. But it's good educational content. Yeah, it's good yeah. educational yeah. content. Yeah, People yeah. should know about it. Yeah. Mm. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you guys were mentioning that you guys did a content together. Right? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. it's about authors. Yes. That's a content grace you ought to know. Silence. <laughs> 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 All right. So moving on. 
Thanks so much for sharing. We will chat more about your work with these communities later on. Alright, so before we get into the deeper questions, we'd like to have a little bit of fun first with a segment that we call... Not so PC with NVPC. So we have here a few light-hearted questions so our audience can get to know the both of you much better. Yeah. So the first question is, if you could get one free pass to meet any animal in the world, extinct or alive, which animal would you choose and why? <gasps> Woolly mammoth. Capybaras. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's big. It's a giant fluffy like... Elephant and it, it can survive through the ice age. It's amazing. I would love to. Mm. Wait, sorry, the capybara did that. Oh no, no, no! The woolly mammoth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the capybara can, but <laughs> it's so chill. Like. So capybara, why capybara? Um, because just just so zen, like they're so calm. That is true. I mean, I've not seen one clip of them fighting with some that other animals. True. Yeah, that is true. There's a clip yeah. of them like standing on top of the crocodiles, and they're just like sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> they are the most zen animals. Question two: Can you surprise us with one animal wildlife fun fact that has shocked you? Shocked me? Mm. Like when ah. you heard it, you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Can I share one that usually shocks other people instead of me? Sure. sure. Oh, Oh, I think a lot of people don't realise that all cockroaches, when they reach adult, they can actually fly. Do you all know that? You okay, know? I knew that because I've seen one and it was horrifying. Even though that when I was a kid, I had a pet cockroach. <gasps> what? <Ooh>. <laughs> you <laughs> had wow. a pet cockroach? <laughs> I did. Yeah. You know what? That's a good thing. Like showing love to all sorts of animals. Yeah. Until it flew, then I'm like, nope, this is, not a, this is not a pet at all. Because I think, I think when it flew, it just became like another Wait, animal. What's, actually, what's so scary yeah. about a flying cockroach though? Ah. What? Okay, the question to ask is What is not <laughs> scary about a flying cockroach? I've been rescuing pythons for a long time uh-huh. And one of the things that I'm terrified of Is uh-huh. taking a python from a drain That has a lot of cockroaches Because wait, of the cockroaches Not the python, I'm not scared of python I'm terrified of cockroaches running Because they fly towards you Or they mm-hmm. run towards you That's uh-huh. the part that I don't understand oh, why Wow, so? Ambu, your priorities <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's why the wild yeah. animals that we live alongside, you can understand them well uh-huh. if we know how they behave and stuff. But cockroaches is still something <laughs> that yeah, I'm trying to... I don't hate them, just terrified yeah. of them. I realize yeah. that happens to a lot of people. Uh-huh. Like when I was um, working part-time at the Singapore Zoo, uh-huh. um, before we passed the audition, there was a segment where we all have to like hold an animal because we have to do that with the participants in the future. Uh-huh. So one of them was the python. Mm. Uh, they, they totally scrapped that off already so, And one was The Madagascar hissing cockroach And everyone was fine With the python Even the guys The guys were like Yeah I'll go first But when it comes to the cockroach No <laughs> like You have to hold the cockroach Yeah because you you got to hold it And show it to the participants oh. In the future You got to like Bring it around and I'm I assuming the, the cockroach Is big right It is It is the Madagascar hissing one You know what The ones at Fear Factor <laughs> That they show it all the time <laughs> Okay no thank you <laughs> Okay I'm done. I wasn't afraid I'm of the cockroach I was like Yeah I'll go first But you see the guys They were terrified like, wow. No one did So somehow just cockroaches is just a little mm. bit different from the rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Ambu? Like, what a surprising wildlife fun fact. So that's something that I learned uh, over time only after joining Acres that I thought chickens would crow in the morning and then that's it, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I learned that there's more than 20 to 24 vocalizations that mean something different. <laughs> Chicken language. Yes. And we would always oh like... Oh my god, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so that's the origin of talk. <laughs> wow. So wait. So there's 24 vocalizations yes. of, of 
chicken slang yes they are actually communicating saying something that has a meaning so after observing chickens at acres i realized that there's mm-hmm. actually different scenarios that they make certain sounds so wow yeah so if i'm on the phone and i'm surprised and i say something loud or something then the chicken beside me will go Like, they are curious about something so it's after observing only i realized oh my god this actually makes sense and i did not know before you know we just assume that yeah, chickens must be yeah. asking for food or they're crowing for their mate or just trying to wake you up okay cool next question what's your favorite imaginary creature or mythical creature I really like Jigglypuff. <laughs> I don't think it's going to exist in real life. Like, I really want to do a series about that. Like, a video about Jigglypuff. I'm like, I'm not sure what anyone's going to be. It sings, and then it gets angry, and it draws on people's faces. That sounds like a toddler. <laughs> toddler! <laughs> human. human. Why not, right? <laughs> okay, what about you, Ambu? I don't know if people know about these two characters. They are called Lava. And it's a show uh-huh. on Netflix. It's a Korean animation show. Oh, I don't. About two lava? Yeah, so it's a red color worm and a yellow color worm. Uh-huh. And uh, they are constantly in conflict, but also they do a lot of things. They have so many experiences in the city. Oh, and you know, okay. one would not imagine following the story of two worms, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but she's quite, a fan. Yeah, and for my age, you know, I just turned 40 and I can actually sit and watch like a few episodes in a go. It's no, no, I'm with you. Animation. I just turned 42. So, yeah. I completely get you. <laughs> It's yeah, very entertaining, yeah. Okay, now that we've had some fun, let's move on to the deeper conversations about your work. So in your line of work, what are some of the common misconceptions that people have about wildlife? One of the main things that people usually have is a fear about mm. wild animals. Mm. So when they have the fear, they might do the wrong thing. Mm. And they may also assume things like there's an increase in the population. So something should be done. Mm. A lot of times people believe that the solution is to remove or relocate the animal mm. when it is actually not. Mm-hmm. So I think that is where we come in. I mean, that's our job to explain why it is not and how to actually resolve the problem in the long run for you and for the animal mm. instead of having to remove the animal. Yeah, basically learn to coexist. Up to today, some people still don't know like what we have and what we do not have. Mm. So I, I made a little poll for fun and I realized that people don't know we actually have crocodiles. They were asked, oh, you know, like oh my god, I I, okay, have... you know, I'm two days old. I just realized, oh, yeah, really? I just yeah, I, did, I thought the crocodiles were like imported. No, <laughs> I've seen them the at like Sungai Belut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's actually quite common nowadays. Like uh-huh. you're more or less you're gonna guarantee to see a crocodile mm. now. So mm. they were saying things like, isn't it a crocodile farm or is do we have alligators? And I was like, oh, like looking through the lens of people who might not know so much about nature, mm. it's it's quite. New mm. and it really gives me a perspective of like you know what I can do more in that sense mm. and mistaking animals you know like our oriental pied hornbills people sometimes you call it toucan and silver cats they will call it raccoon raccoons <laughs> oh. yeah yeah komodo dragons oh yeah the western lizards they will call it komodo oh, dragons oh yes yes I, yes I had that mistake when I was younger also really yeah I thought they were komodo dragons I was also thinking about how like you know media shapes people's perspective of certain animals right and earlier you were talking about otters I think otters are one of the animals in Singapore that people generally consider as cute are they really cute though wait are otters actually native to Southeast yeah. Asia 
Oh, they are. And they were actually locally extinct for a short period of time mm. ah, when okay. our waters get too polluted. Mm. So mm. it's only after we clean up our rivers, then the otters started to slowly come back. So that was a success story. Mm. But now, like, people are finding that as a problem, which was a bit sad. You know, it's like, we tried the otters away and now we clean our rivers and they're coming back, but now we find them yeah. as a problem. <laughs> otters look very cute. I think they look very, very adorable. Mm. Many agencies' logos also, they have used otters as yeah. a mascot everywhere. During the COVID period, the safe entry also oh, got otters. Yeah. Yeah. Swimming otters So they're very popular But I think While they are cute They're also wild animals Mm. So within their own group They can have politics They can fight Mm. They can even kill each other In territorial fights So things can happen So it's also important for us To when we see otters We have to view them as wild animals Who Mm. also have their own private lives Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we don't put our perception On them to be this Very Mm. cute adorable creatures alone Can I share one Cool fact about otters. Sure. Like I, I heard it from one of the mm. otter watch people. He was telling me that you know whenever there's one lone otter by itself running around, right? He mm. will always get calls from the public like, oh, "Hey, this yes. otter is alone. You know, you have to do something." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, the otter is fine. It's a lone mm. male that old enough to go and find love and start a new family. Just let him be. He's fine." Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> That's another otter fact that we ought to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so earlier you were mentioning about the fear that people have have because they don't really understand. Other than that, what do you think are other challenges that you face, you know, from an acres perspective when managing human wildlife conflicts? The primary challenges, of course, as a charity is to have enough resources mm. to cover all the cases. We handle just for human wildlife conflict cases alone, more than a thousand cases a year. Mm. Mm. So that means we have to have someone to go around to do site visits, to talk to people. And the second challenge is to get people to understand that change will not be overnight. Mm. So, for example, if you have a lone monkey visiting a HTB estate or a landed estate, this monkey is leaving just like the author that MJ was sharing, right? And if he finds easy food, he's going to stay longer. Mm. So, it just takes one resident not to clean up their food waste and the monkey will stay longer. Mm. So, we have to tell that every resident needs to play a part and the monkey needs to unlearn that he cannot stay there for long. Oh. It will take some time. So just because we cleaned up everything today, it doesn't mean tomorrow he's going to leave. Mm. Often people just think that removing the animal is a quick fix. Mm-hmm. So we need to slowly get everyone to understand that it takes time to yeah. see the change. Mm. Then what about you, MJ? Like, were there like, any challenges that you face when you're trying to so-called like, educate the general public about wildlife in Singapore? For me, I mean, I do face people who obviously they only want certain charismatic animal. Like when mm. I post something that's not so charismatic, you get comments. They're not like bad, mean, mean, like, mean yeah. but it's like they don't really like it. That's mm. one thing. But interestingly, sometimes people who love nature too much, mm-hmm. it can cause more trouble and more harm than good mm-hmm. in terms of like when it comes to more sensitive issues such as developments or when certain animals are moved or relocated for certain reasons, then they may come out and cause a stir. Sometimes they just don't understand that, you know, in Singapore especially, there needs to be a balance, a trade-off, you know, we cannot Mm. have protect everything, cannot lose everything as well. So it's always a really hard decision um, on everyone's part. Yeah, you spoke mm. about charismatic animals, right? So what are some of the unrealistic or damaging portrayals of wild animals that you think the media has created that affects our perception of them? Oh, I think this time is not going to be enough for them. <laughs> 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 PG, 
pigeons and birds. Mm-hmm. Something related to bird feeding. I guess last time in the past, actually, we comes to traditions. It's always been told it's good to feed the birds. You're doing yeah. something good. You're saving mm. them from starvation. Yeah. Or when you do mercy release to mm. the animals, when you buy it from pet shops, you release it. It's good for the animal. In fact, I think, I'm not sure you guys remember, really long time ago, Visa had this advertisement that they show in the movies where there was a guy releasing a white bird. It was something I realised. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's they, coming back. It's coming back, yeah. Like a really good thing. Actually, mm. I was like recalling one day. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that could have sent a really wrong mm. message." Uh-huh. It's okay to do that. You will see some of the older folks. They are still doing it up to today. Thinking mm. that they do good And mm. it's, it's a hard problem You know It's a very mm. difficult problem so Because you don't want to tell them Not to do it They are doing mm. a good intention It's like It makes them happy But mm. yet You know They shouldn't be doing it Because it's causing more harm than good In general The representation of the animals uh, Usually it's a language That can be quite a problem mm. uh, For mm. example Wild boars are aggressive <laughs> Pigeons carry diseases We have even had questions Like are pangolins aggressive In general There's a lot of fear That is instilled among mm. public When these animals are reported So that is something That we are hoping Hoping that can also change because we don't want people to be fearful of these animals, but at the same time respect and keep a distance mm-hmm. and appreciate them from a distance. So the terms like aggressive instead of using the word defensive mm-hmm. makes a big difference in the messaging and outreach as well. It does actually, mm-hmm. like when you say aggressive versus defensive, it's a total mind shift. Like. Yeah. So what are some of the things that Acres have been doing? So we realized sometime in 2016 that mm-hmm. hey, we have been rescuing all these animals, and we realized half of the animals that we are rescuing did not need rescue in the first place. Mm. That's because people were fearful. They wanted to get rid of the animal. So that is when we started this wildlife management department mm. which works with people who call us saying, mm-hmm. hey, there's a civet who is ruining my sleep at night. Um, <laughs> running around at night, partying with the cubs, civet babies <laughs> at night. So, so we go do a site visit and then talk to them and propose something that will resolve the problem in the long run, which is to seal the gaps where the civet is getting access into mm. their ceiling space. Oh my god, you you guys are like the animal mediator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're the party poopers for civets also. <laughs> no more indoor parties. <laughs> and then also we create some visuals like advisories and mm. videos which MJ helped. So we mm. did a series on coexistence mm. that wild animals are not pests. Mm. We covered quite a few animals and otters were one of them and we were quite happy to have you know local voices come in and speak mm. for these animals. And we continued to do the site visits. We just launched a joint initiative mm-hmm. with NParks, with the Mandai Nature, with Otter Working Group and other groups called OurWildNeighbors.sg Nice! Yeah, yeah, so it's our own initiative so we have just appointed a campaign manager it. now. Nice! Yes, correct. I get yeah. it. I love it. So we will see more about the own initiative <laughs> Mm-hmm. In the coming months, yeah, we're doing roadshows yeah. and, we and all stuff. can take ownership. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And could you share about some tips then on how we can adjust our behaviours when interacting with these different animals? I think one of the first thing is to be aware of what animals we have in our environment. Exactly what MJ pointed out earlier mm. about how many of us may not know what native animals we have. Someone called us saying there are three kangaroos standing by Serangoon River. I'm sorry, so what? Three kangaroos? <laughs> kangaroos standing on their hind legs Ooh. at Serangoon River. So okay. there were three otters standing oh. there. So oh. I think they saw wow. from a distance and the first thing they realised was that there are three kangaroos because they are standing on their yeah. hind legs. So we do need a lot more awareness mm. on what animals mm. we have. Mm-hmm. The next step would be to be aware of the etiquette which is, you know, we use many things that comes with danger. We learn how to use the escalator safely. Like yeah. We yeah. follow the guidelines. We don't just 
say that, oh, there's danger, so we don't use them. Mm. So same way, we need to learn uh, wildlife etiquette, which is don't do this, do this instead when mm. we come across wild animals. Mm. So if a monkey is rolling the eyes at you, do we roll it back? No, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we are very tempted to. Yeah, so yeah. many people are tempted to. And that's one thing that we are all trying to do is mm. to let people know about facial expressions and what they mean and why you should not yeah. do it back and at like, them. Don't eat food in front of. Correct, you yes. see them. Yeah. yeah, not even carry plastic back to nature yeah. parks and reserves when we visit. So it is to follow this etiquette when we encounter wild mm. animals in mm. their space or in our shared green spaces. Yeah. So I think that will go a long way already in terms of achieving coexistence. Yeah. And what about you, MJ? Like any pro tips on how can we you know adjust our behaviors so that we can all coexist well? Just start exploring your own backyard. Mm. I mean, that's how I started. As I walk, you know, to buy my dinner, I would actually look around and mm. see, you know, which wildlife is around me. Mm. And you find a lot of surprises. So I have this collared kingfisher that lives near my HDB area. And it actually lives near the rubbish chute area. So I'm pretty oh. sure it eats some sort of cockroaches there. <laughs> yeah. But every morning, I will hear this call like, eh, eh. Yeah. And for the longest time, I didn't really care what it was. I just know there was a loud bird making mm. noise. Mm. Until like, you know, when I start to learn about animals, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a collared kingfisher that have been living here for years. Mm. Maybe his descendants are here. Like, I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's really cool. It's like you have this wild mm. neighbor, literally a wild neighbor mm. right beside mm. you. Yeah, they are really trying to coexist with us peacefully as well. They are mm. not trying to make a ruckus. Building that kind of bond and relationship and seeing them as a living thing that we should all be friendly to mm. I think that will go a long way mm. Mm. a lot of times the young community may not be represented well to talk about the issues related to wild animals mm. in the community in the estate say a wild boar there was an accident, someone got hurt and a wild boar died on the road or something like that, then there'll be an engagement session. Most often people who come and attend these are people who want the animals to be removed. Mm. But I believe that mm. the majority of the other residents are actually okay. Meaning they are okay to learn about how to coexist with wildlife. Mm. But they are not at these sessions. Mm. So we need everyone to speak up also on these mm. issues. Mm. Whether it means sharing on your social media or attending these sessions or writing to your own MP or talking about it, having a conversation that goes a long yeah. way. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so what is the one thing you have learned from your time for your Ambu with Acres? It is to not give up. <laughs> I think to constantly stay annoying and uh, you know, <laughs> stay focused on the change that we are hoping to bring about for the animals uh -huh. and also to celebrate uh, small successes um, because when we work on advocacy or making a change, often we don't see the impact within a year or two. It sometimes mm. may take 10 years. I remember giving a talk somewhere and there was this young student who was asking a lot of questions and a few years later, she actually went to study to become a vet Wow. and volunteered with us I'm like I felt old but at the same time I felt like that's a million dollar moment for you you know yeah. so sometimes you got to be patient but also be stubborn about what we want to change mm. yes. and what about you MJ like what is your biggest takeaway from doing the type of content that you do so my biggest takeaway is this quote that I really keep close to my heart. Your ripples can make waves. So the work that we do, I was surprised at the impact that we could make. Mm. So whenever I meet kids, they are very excited. One of them is writing a book. <laughs> After wow. uh, joining wow. one of my day camps, she was inspired and she wants to write a book, you know, the A to Z animals of Singapore. Wow. Was like, wow. wow, okay. That's really cool. And then there was another girl. Uh, her <laughs> name is Naomi. So she has been watching my videos. She came down for one of my tours as well and she actually started her own eco club in school 
Wow. Yeah, That's and she, she wants to spread the word and awareness to the rest of her peers. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's amazing how, you know, that one small moment of yours, that one small action of yours can actually inspire people mm. to do more and they will continue inspiring others. And, you know, even if my videos reach the kids, they actually will share it with their parents mm. and their parents could be big CEOs. You never know. So, yeah. Yeah, just never stop trying. Yeah. In fact, our listeners today are interested in volunteering with Acres. What are some of the roles they can get involved in? Yeah. For 18 years and above, we have a uh, sanctuary volunteering team which mm-hmm. is to help take care of the animals, wild animals who are housed at our rescue centre. <sighs> what kind of animals are these? From birds mm-hmm. to tortoises to turtles to oh snakes God, and so iguanas. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't have like any like background skills no. in like yes. handling animals and all that, yes, it's still you okay. Don't, yes, you don't need to have a you know educational wow. qualification or background. <laughs> we can train <laughs> you on the ground. Uh-huh. As long as you know you're passionate and you're okay with mosquitoes outdoor environment couple of uh, judgmental roosters (laughs) (laughs) running after you and the outdoors it's a very great place to come and volunteer and for 21 and above we have the superb wildlife rescue team um, where you can you will be trained of course this one Mm -hmm. requires a mandatory training we provide a theory training and after that you'll be on the job following rescue volunteers so the most challenging part about being a rescue volunteer is not really handling the wild animals we can Uh train it's more of handling the phone calls you know Uh, the people Mm. the people Mm. yeah because these are opportunities to raise awareness so every day every shift you get to learn something new so the scary wildlife is actually the people yeah Yeah. And if um, people would like to donate, where can they reach out to you? We are grateful to be on giving.sg. Awesome. So you can choose to support programs through the platform. You can mm-hmm. just look for us. So giving.sg slash acres. Mm-hmm. So you can choose to make a monthly contribution or donate to our rescue efforts or advocacy efforts. I think monthly contributions go a long way for mm-hmm. us to plan ahead for yeah. the programs and projects. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone get to giving.sg now slash acres if you want to find out more current campaigns where you can volunteer or even donate, please do check out the page. Yeah. Uh, one last thought. Like, what about for corporates? What's the work that you do with corporates? For corporates, we have different opportunities like volunteering at Acres. It can be a few hours of bonding between staff members. Come and just sweat it out together to you know sponsor a program or make a difference with an enclosure. And mm. the other way is for us to come and give a talk, lunchtime talk mm. at your oh. company to raise awareness on how your staff members can play an active role mm. in the animal protection movement. Awesome. And with that, we've come to the end of today's episode of Unfiltered. A huge thank you again to MJ and Anbu for being with us on this episode. It was really insightful hearing all of your stories about all the different like, animals in Singapore and all the tips that you shared with our audience today. If our audience would like to learn more and get in touch, how can they contact you? For Just Keep Thinking, you can find us on the major social media platforms. So we're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Pick which one you like and you enjoy the most. <laughs> so we post almost daily videos and we love sharing everything you know fun and exciting about science nature and wildlife for acres there's always our website which is acres.org.sg otherwise we are also on instagram and recently we've been exploring tiktok as well which is acres singapore and for instagram it's eyes of acres we are also on facebook and youtube Um, so different platforms we have different kind of visual updates on the work that we do amazing and of course a very big thank you to all of you for tuning in and we hope that this recording today has helped you understand how we can coexist and respect the wildlife in singapore despite being a highly urban environment 
If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at City of Good SG. If you have enjoyed what you're listening to and you want to hear more, please help to spread the word and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, we've been your hosts, Grace and Madea from MVPC. Hoping to see you again on the next episode of Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Bye. Bye.